Hello from Yerushalayim. It's Benjamin Rose and myself, Gedali Gutentag, with Mishpachas Homefront, a series covering Israel's biggest conflict in a generation. Benjamin, you didn't have to be a military analyst to realize from my perch in Ramat Beit Shemesh that something big was going on in Gaza on Friday night. That was because the massive air activity everyone noticed on the way home from Kabbalah Shabbos. And what we found out, found out later on Moetzeh Shabbos, it was the start indeed of the ground operation in Gaza. So that was from my end. So Benjamin, to coin a phrase, did your Shabbat have more shalom? So we know from the Navi, the Zion will be a place of refuge. And so far, for the most part, it has been. In Yerushalayim, of course, we've had our share of terrorist attacks and terrorism over the years. But in this current conflict, it's been pretty quiet here. But again, very, very painful to see places where I've lived and places where I've been and visited under constant attack. Tel Aviv, where I worked for several years, a building was destroyed, a residential building. It's been hit a couple of times, which is the place I made Aliyah to. So I don't take a lot of solace in the fact that it's quiet in Yerushalayim. If it's not quiet in all of Eretz Israel, then I'm not quiet. So I mean, let's talk about what we know so far, the ground invasion. So we've had this kind of pyrotechnic display that was felt and seen all the way in Ashkelon by residents. They could feel, they say, that the ground shaking from the intensity of the air attacks on Gaza. And we know the Gaza cell phone network was brought down, seems to be by the IDF. So the IDF moved in on Friday night. We don't know a lot so far. We can see from uh, a lot of our information is coming out of Gaza by people monitoring their own their social media networks. There seem to be tanks northwest Gaza by the coast, southeast of Gaza City. That's what seems to be shape of things so far. Again, report some what we see somewhere, an Israeli flag that went up in central Gaza somewhere over a building. But again, this is very much just looking, relying on what the IDF is allowing to leak out into the open sources. So, Binyam, let me share with you, I had a conversation this morning with someone called Shalom Ben-Khanan who has recently retired from the Shin Bet, from the Shabak, from the Southern Division, recently as in last year. And while he didn't want to get into a lot of the in intelligence failures, he had something interesting. He described to me the kind of threats that the IDF is going to be facing on the ground over there. And he said one very powerful thing, which is that people assume that this was some master plan, plan by Hamas to draw in the IDF troops to attack with such viciousness and such butchery that the IDF would be forced to mount some ground invasion and then trap the IDF into some kind of, you know, Vietnam situation, a bloodbath or a quagmire. He said that his take on it was that may be reading too much into Hamas's thinking. And that for the very significant reason that in his assessment, Hamas never dreamed and still does not think that Israel is willing to go all the way and reconquer their cities because they have, he said, everything from the last 20 years has taught them that Israel has not got the nerve to go and take real casualties that are needed to retake territory. And therefore, he said that the takeaway from that is that there is no choice now that it's to that level that Israel's deterrence has been shot and destroyed, that there is no choice but to go in and restore it in the only way possible by taking back land and proving to them and to Hezbollah and to Iran and to all of Israel's enemies that we do have the nerve to do what it takes to protect our citizens. That was something very powerful. That just a snippet of a conversation this morning. What do you make of that? Unfortunately, if that's what it took, it's too long in coming and it could be longer and bloodier and more bruising than we expect. Uh, what I found fascinating in the last day is how the IDF has released all of these pictures and diagrams of Shifa Hospital in Gaza City, 
which is the place where Hamas has taken over and have built underground headquarters and tunnels and labyrinths in order to control the population. And that's considered their command headquarters. To me, the fact that Israel has released such detail, even showing the different buildings in the Shifa complex, and even showing diagrams of where beliefs the, the tunnels are, and even showing simulations of what they think those tunnels look like, is the broadest hint possible that they're going to go in there and they're going to cut the head off the octopus, if you will. And perhaps if we go for the jugular right away, then it will uh, eliminate the need to send in as many ground troops and keep heart casualties to a minimum. Vidalia, last night I was watching, uh, I'm sure you were also, the news conference that Netanyahu held with uh, Benny Gantz at his side and also Yoav Gallant, the defense minister. Uh, remember last week we were talking about Netanyahu donning a black shirt in order to uh, make an announcement uh, on national television to the people. So last night, all three of them were in the same black shirts. Yep. And obviously the imagery was meant to show solidarity. I actually felt from a body language point of view that there's a genuine camaraderie between them right now. Right. He did talk about the fact that they're spending the majority of 24 hours together. I'm not dismissing the fact that there's still rivalries and they're under the table, but I really do feel from what I saw that they are coming together. And I thought the uh, reaction of the uh, media in some quarters was rather strange because this was the first time Netanyahu took questions. And of course, he was asked the question, which everyone wants to know, do you take any re personal responsibility for what happened? Mm -hmm. And basically Netanyahu kind of ducked the question. He said that everyone's going to have to answer questions and tough questions and answer to investigative boards and uh, take responsibility later on. But first, we have to fight the war. Again, the question was expected. The way he answered it was also expected. But the reaction in some quarters of the media saying that Antonio ducked his obligation, I don't know what they want, Gidalia. Do they expect Antonio to say, oh, that's a great question. You're right. I did a really lousy job. I quit. Well, I think there's an element here. Netanyahu has never been one with a good bedside manner. And I think what the Israeli public wants is some sense of the grieving. And I think, to be fair, he did try and, and convey some of that last night. That He went further than he has previous times. But you're right, they're coming for him. And there's still politics very, very much active, despite all the talks that we're going to leave it over till the war is finished. But you know, can I raise one thing, which is you talked about some that's in the center media attention, but this is something that isn't. And I believe a story that's ha happening over in the UK, that could have a dramatic impact on Israel's ability to maneuver internationally. And that is the war that's going on inside the British Labour Party, led by Keir Starmer, who's in the opposition. And, and it's an example of how something local can be very important internationally. And so what's going on over there is that uh, Keir Starmer was the senior lieutenant of Jeremy Corbyn. And yet since Jeremy Corbyn lost the election, uh, thankfully in 2019, uh, Keir Starmer has been on a mission to remake the image, to detoxify and rid the Labour Party of anti-Semitism that was just horrific a feature in the Corbyn era. But we're now seeing he's at a crossroads because from his left, we're seeing massive sections of the Labour Party demonstrated calling, basically coming out openly on the side of Hamas. We had for the last two weeks on Shabbos, there's been 100,000 people de uh, demonstrating in central London in favor of Hamas. On Friday, we had the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, who's a prominent politician, possible rival to, to, to Keir Starmer, calling for a ceasefire. Now, this puts tremendous pressure on Starmer to do the same thing. It matters for two reasons. Number one, because domestically, it will mean the breaking of the political consensus that it gives Israel the room for maneuver. That's number one. But internationally, it matters as well. Because, Benjamin, we've discussed this over the years, how 
the currents that go back and forth across the Atlantic. What happens in America affects what happens in England, and what happens in England affects what happens in America, because these are the two English-speaking big democracies. And therefore, the danger is, if Keir Starmer gives way on this, and indeed calls for a ceasefire, which plays totally into the hands of Hamas, then it'll put pressure on Joe Biden. That wall of support that Israel has got internationally will crack and, and possibly crumble. What I would say, Benjamin, is that the Jewish establishment has been very, very quick in England to re-embrace uh, Keir Starmer and to praise him for his efforts to detoxify the Labour Party. I think they need to tell him, if you wobble on this, if, then we will see that these are your true colours. You'll have no chance of getting the support of the, Jew the, the Jewish vote and by extension, a lot of the centrist vote in elections that could be in a year's time. So I think it's a very, very serious moment here, potentially with big ramifications. That's the update from England. Benjamin, anything nice to finish off? Any bright spots to finish off this session, which has gone on for a while? If I can take a look at one good sign that uh, I just saw over the weekend, it's a poll that was conducted by McLaughlin and Associates, along with Gingrich 360. Uh, these are two uh, famous names. Uh, John McLaughlin is a pollster who's worked for both Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu. And of course, Gingrich is Newt Gingrich, and they're partnering on a project called America's New Majority Project. And they did a survey of 2,000 voters last week, and they showed that basically when they asked people that Israel must do what is necessary to destroy Hamas and that Palestinian civilian casualties are tragic, but ultimately the fault of Hamas for launching a terrorist attack against Israel. And they mm -hmm. posed that question to the people. So 72% of all the people who identify as Republicans agreed and only 15% uh, disagreed. I'm going to talk more about this in my article this coming week in the Rose Report, because among the Democrats, the gap was much closer. And this is a trend that we're going to have to take a look at, but at least on the Republican side, the Republican Party stands very firmly with Israel in its battle. And as do we over here with Avening for the success of the soldiers now currently operating in Gaza. Benjamin, I wish you a good day and see you tomorrow.